Look what he says beginning in verse 33. It's written in red in my Bible. So who said it? Not King James. Jesus. King Jesus said this, right? Said this, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, say good, the fruit will be what? Okay, we okay so far? Good tree, good fruit. If the tree is bad, say bad, what kind of fruit is it going to produce? Bad fruit. Listen, I was the recipient this last fall of, of one of the, the Maple Society of Bernie's free maple trees they gave out. I'll never forget pulling into the agricultural center and I pull in my truck and, and uh, they said, okay, which one of these trees do you want? Bro, listen, I don't know anything about trees. In fact, I had to hire an arborist to come and plant it for me to do it the right way. So, so I get out and, and, and here's what I do. I say, you know what? You guys are the professionals. You're the expert. I preach and I don't do that very well, but you're the tree people. And, and, and I'm going to let you, you pick the tree that you think is going to produce the best for me. I'm telling you, I, my tree, I, I, I took it home and I got it planted. It looks like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree is in my front yard right now. I mean, the wire cage that I have to put around it is like twice as tall. But I never forget watching this tree experts. He, he, he began to look at them all and he walked down the aisle and he began to touch it. He looked at some of the stems. I mean, they, it looks like firewood to me. I mean, I don't know if it's going to make, I'm doing what they told me to do, but, but, but he said, I think this is the one that's going to produce the best for you. A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. Jesus here is talking to a group of men that looked like they had it all together on the outside, but their actions, the fruit that they actually demonstrated was something completely different. And Jesus is challenging them, hey, listen, listen, I'm either good or I'm bad. You, I, I do a good thing by healing two people here in these verses before this encounter with you, and, and you're mad at me. Listen, am I good or am I bad? Am I either of God or of, am I of the devil? You've got, you can't have it both ways unless you're labeled maybe religious person like the Pharisees and the scribes. A good fruit produces good fruit. Has what I done today, has it been good? Listen, you, 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 you judge Jesus today. Just If you want to judge Jesus and determine him, listen, I want you to judge Jesus based on his actions and his words. Now, not on your feelings or getting caught up in some emotional thing like they were in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus was saying, listen, guys, what is it? Am I good or am I bad? And then listen, here we go. This is Jesus talk right here. Jesus in verse 34 calls them, you brood of snakes. Some translations say vipers. Listen, Jesus probably never cussed. How many of you have like a, a cussing jar at your house? Somebody says a bad word, you put a dollar into it, right? And you save it up for your trip to Disney World or whatever because it's the happiest place in the world, right? You know, and, and what have you. But, but, but Jesus, if, if Jesus ever used harsh language, this is it right here. You brood of vipers. Brood means a group. It's a pack of you. You travel around together. Snakes, vipers. The vipers in the Mediterranean area, they, they, they kind of blended in with their surroundings. They were smaller and, and, and their colorization was, was much like the terrain. And if you weren't 
careful, man, they would sneak up and just grab you. Ask Paul in Acts chapter 28. He's out gathering firewood one day, right? And one of these gets him. Wow. People around him thought, dude, you're about to swell up and you may even die. Of course, we know God intervened, saved his life because Paul had some Bible to write for you and I to read and, and things like that. And so he wasn't done with him. But, but, but these vipers were a bad deal. Deadly. Cause harm. They're poisonous. Jesus is calling religious people that. And you brood of vipers, you move around as a group in a pack. Interesting, isn't it? Anyway, sorry, I'm sorry. That's a, that was bonus Bible for you. But it says this, you brood of vipers, Jesus is calling, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? And here it is. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Some translations say, from out of an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. With that word treasury, we get the word thesaurus. A thesaurus, you know, is a listing of words, right, to describe what's happening. What is the treasury of your heart today? What is the thesaurus of your heart? What, what, what would we find within that? You see, your heart is your treasury. Your will and your emotions, your thoughts, your desires, your heart reflects all of those things about you. Wow. Jesus goes on to say, I tell you the truth. You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak, the words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Wow. Words are a big deal. Jesus says it's a reflection of your heart. So the question I have for us today is we kind of, we, we need to lock and load. I, I, I get wordy. You ought to come at it, the, the last service. I mean, it's wheels off up here, man. I'm telling you, we're talking about global warming and pork rinds. I mean, it's just all over the map. But here's a big question I have for you today as we consider Matthew chapter 12 and your heart and the overflow of it. Hey, what kind of words come out of your mouth? Mm. Now, we're in church. Don't say them out loud, okay? But what kind of words come out of your mouth? Are they words that are edifying and lift people up? Are they words that encourage and, 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 and spur people on? Ephesians would speak to that, right? Ephesians 4, check that out in your quiet time this week. But what kind of words come out of your mouth? I don't know about you, but, but sometimes I wish, man, I, I need to, I need a heart transplant. I, I need to kind of just flush my heart once and for all, and I need to replace it with something. Jesus is saying here, listen, a good tree produces good fruit. Out of your mouth, the heart speaks. Uh, yeah, the heart speaks. What's coming out? of your mouth. And so I begin to think, how, how can I store good things in my heart so that my mouth then would articulate those good things? What, what, what would you put in your heart to make you good? You know, a lot of us think if I just do this, if I, if I came to church more, if I watched it more online, or if I give to a worthy cause like the local church, which is a worthy cause, or if I jump in and send relief to Ukraine, or if I help a local organization, if I, oh man, 
that I just feel it's my responsibility to bless the Girl Scouts of America every cookie drive. I really do. I see that as my holy service to the Father, right? We think if, we, if I go more, if I give more, if I read more, if I lift my hands in the singing, whoa, surely that's the good thing that's going to make my heart. And, and, and I think if we're not careful, we can, 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 can get so caught up in doing all these things. And I think we're missing the one key thing. Can I give you the one thing that I think if you will do this, you have a better chance for your heart to be good. And then Mike, the things that come out of your mouth are also going to reflect that goodness of your heart. In fact, I want to go back to, to Solomon's dad and steal a page from his playbook. Solomon's dad's name was David, right? And we know that David didn't always make good decisions either. More about that later. But, but David gives us the key, I believe, to making our heart good. If there's one thing that I could encourage you, what would you store up in your heart to make it good? You ready for this? It's the word of God. The word of God. Some of you are going, bro, come on. I came for something deeper than that. I'm telling you, this is true. In fact, David would say things like this in Psalms. He would say, thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Your word so that I might not sin against you. He would say things like, how can a young man keep his way pure? By listening to Dr. Phil or Oprah or TikTok, whatever sensations on these days. No, David says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. David would say things like this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Remember what I said? It's an over, your heart directs the way you go. Solomon, David's son says, you need to guard it. It sets the direction for your life. Guys, I'm telling you, you want a good heart? Get the word of God in it. Get it in there. Parents, what is the greatest thing you can give up, pass on to your kids? Not your 401k. Or not, not, not providing them great trips to the Grand Canyon and, and a plethora of photos or ears from Disney. No, no. The greatest thing you parents can do is to get this in your kid's heart. Train up a child in the way he should go. It's good training. It's a manual for life. And why would I say get God's word in your heart, store it up? Because here's the deal. God's word has a way of doing something to us. It transforms us. In fact, that's the greatest thing that our hearts need today. We need to be transformed. Are you with me? Hey, come on, come on. Let's go 10 o'clock. We need to be transformed. Paul would write these words to us in, in the book of Romans chapter 12. You're quite familiar with them. Paul writes these words about, you know, to... Offer yourselves to the Lord. Give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he's going to find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. He says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Whoa, how are you doing there? Well, we could stop the bus right there. How are you doing in copying the customs and the behaviors of this world? It's easy to get sucked into that, right? This is what you should do. This is what it's all about. This is what you should buy. This is what you need to look like. This is how you should act. This is the cause that you need to jump on board with. This is what you need to believe. This is, no, no. Don't, Paul says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. And then here it is. But let God what? 
Come on, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Hey, what did I say about the heart? The heart sends messages to your brain. Your brain is what make, helps you think, or it should. Do you, you, do you use your brain? Maybe that's a big question for us today. But, but do, let it change. It transforms you by changing the way you think. You see, because what I think about is what I do. And if I'm thinking about the customs of the world and the behaviors of the world, check this out. I'm going to look like the world. Wow. So I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, you need to let God, or if any man is in Christ, he's a, a new creation. You're a new creature, some translations say. The old life has gone. There's a new person now. Listen, we're not just talking about turning over a new leaf. We're talking about a new life under a new master. That's what transformation means. And some of us today, we need a heart transformation, do we not? We can't take it out. Only God can do that. He can take that stony, stubborn heart and replace it with a heart of flesh, right? But we need to be transformed. It changes the way we think. We become a new person, a new creation. The old life is gone. The new comes. Have you ever been transformed? What's your heart saying today? Have you allowed Jesus Christ to come in and change and transform you? How does someone know that you are a Christian? It's a big question I was asking myself this week. How would someone know that I am a Christian? Well, it's easy for me because I got it wrapped on my Toyota Tundra and I drive all around town. I love the emails I get. Somebody cut me off on 46. Well, drive the speed limit. But anyway, I just, <laughs> did I say that? Dude, 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 we need to strike that from the internets right now, please, right? I put a, I go to church. That makes me a Christian. No, it just makes you a, a tender. Uh, I, I, I give money to worthy causes. Well, good. Thank you for supporting that. But what makes a person a Christian? You know, it's interesting to me that the first Christians were called Christians in Acts chapter 11 in Antioch. They were called Christians. And you know where they were called Christ? That word Christian means little Christ's. Listen, the people in Acts chapter 11, the Christians, others around them saw, hey, when I look at you, your behavior and your words reflect Jesus. <laughs> wow. Their, their, their hearts, what came out of their hearts through their words and through their actions was an indication that they belonged to Jesus. That's interesting, isn't it? In Acts chapter 4, seven chapters before we get to Acts 11 in Antioch, and they're na named Christians. I, I love this interaction with Peter and John before the Sanhedrin, the religious council. Peter and John are performing miracles, signs and wonders. They're preaching the good news, and many people are, are, are saying yes to Jesus and following him. And it says in, in Acts chapter 4, I believe verse 13, it says, the members of the Sanhedrin, the council, were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And check this out. For they could see that they were ordinary men. Hey, listen, can I just tell you something right now? God likes to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And you're sitting here today and you say, bro, I have nothing big to bring to the table. 
I have nothing big to contribute when it comes to this idea of of sitting and serving. What do you mean? what, What do I have to contribute? Well, I'm just going to tell you that in Acts chapter 4, God is using ordinary people to do some extraordinary things. The, 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 the religious council could see that these were men with no special training in the scriptures. Come on, I'm all for education, and I think that we all should grow and learn and expand our mental capacity. But, but listen, I, I'm just telling you, the, the, these guys here, they were just filled with the Holy Spirit. They were anointed by God. They weren't schooled at the, the best seminaries or rabbinic schools of their time. They were just putting themselves out there for God to use them. And Jesus was doing a mighty work through them. Don't let the devil disqualify you. Say, man, I don't have the education. I don't have the biblical background. I'm just telling you, you just step out and watch what God can do through you. Come on, somebody. Let's go. That's good. You can clap right there. Okay. Stop it. Okay. Ordinary men with no training in scriptures. But then look what it says in the end of this verse. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are filled with the Holy Spirit and doing some incredible things. The religious people look at them and say, I can tell y'all have been with Jesus because your behavior and your words reflect what we know about Jesus. You see, their hearts have been transformed. And what came out of their hearts were the very things that Jesus demonstrated here on earth. So what's in your heart? Hey, what's coming out of you? Scripture says it's from an overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Hey, Brent, I want to ask you to come on back up if you would. I'm going to wrap this up today, but I want to encourage you with something that we looked at last week because, listen, I think all of us in this room would agree that we've got some stuff in us that, in our heart, that it is not like Jesus, right? Am I talking to anybody? Come on. If you've got some junk and funk in your heart that's not like Jesus, would you raise your hand? Come on, you liars. Get your hands up right now, okay? Yeah, we all do. And if we're not careful, we can allow that, the enemy to come and say, that disqualifies you and you are too far gone. There is no hope for you. You are doomed. But I want you to know something about the God that we sing about in worship here at 1910. He is a God of heart work and transformation. I told you about a man by the name of David. We looked at him last week. One of the greatest blunders in all of the Bible was David's sin with Bathsheba. But yet David's still known as a man after God's own heart. And I've been thinking about that. How could you still be known as a man after God's own heart by committing one of the biggest sins in all of history? Well, it's because we know that David came to a place in his life where he understood what he had done was wrong after being called out for it, right? But David understood that he was wrong and he repented. You see, David humbled himself. You see, that's what humility means. Humility leads us to repentance. And I don't know where you're at on the heart scope today, but... If you don't like what's overflowing from it, there's a thing called forgiveness. And it's available to us whenever we humble ourselves and we repent of the junk and funk that's in us. 
Humility not only leads to repentance, but it also leads me to to serving like Jesus and loving people the way Jesus loves people. But it requires us humbling ourselves and admitting that I'm not right. And so maybe that's you today. Listen, you may not like your heart when I ask you what's in it, but you don't have to stay in that. Your heart can be transformed and it can be changed today. Do you believe that? Would you just stand with me today? I want to pray over you. Our ministry team will be available today as as we leave. But I just want to pray over you today. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? For those of you that have dialed in watching us online, thank you guys for watching us on the beach. Thank you for being with us today. But I just want to encourage us today. And and, and I've said this time and time again. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And you may not like the start of your life up to this point. But you can allow God to transform your heart today and change that. And your finish can be great. Ask a man named Saul who became Paul. It's not how Saul started that we talk about most. It's how he finished. His heart was transformed. The scales of his heart were torn off. That stony, stubborn heart that that Saul had, that maybe someone listening here today has, listen, God replaced it with a heart of flesh and he can do it for you. If you will just humble yourself, repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways, ask Jesus to change your heart today. And he will. So Father, that's my prayer for someone listening here today. Is that they would understand, God, that you love them. God, you may not like some of the decisions they've been making. You may not like the words that are coming out of their mouth. God, you may not like the, the, the actions that they participated in even this week. But God, you still love them. And you're not finished with them. And you desire to give them a new heart. God, you want to do a heart work in them today. God, you want to give them a a heart that beats for you. God, you want to plant your spirit and your presence within them, God. But it starts with the heart. So God, I'm praying for a spirit of humility that we would repent of our sins and turn to you, God. God, that we would begin to serve people and love people the way that Jesus would. It all comes, God, as we humble ourselves and ask you to change us. So God, work in this moment. I want to pray for the person in this room here today that that feels a stirring within their heart right now. That's you, Lord. That's your spirit at work. You're doing a work in them right now and you're calling them to make a decision for you. And I pray for that person that they would obey your spirit promptly. That they wouldn't put it off. That they would respond. Hey, as you leave here today, if we can pray with you and encourage you in any form or fashion, Again, my friends are down front here today. And we'd love to encourage you and serve you. So Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence and the transformation you bring. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody in this house said, and everybody watching online said, amen. Thank you. You guys are dismissed.